today during Rated RPG. I will go to the bathroom. Okay. Hey, I'm gonna tinkle too, then. Yeah, I'm gonna do that too. An ant crawled up the tip of my penis and distracted me. <laughs> Rude. Well, hey, leave my girlfriend alone. <laughs> I'm Larry King, the spider. I've been reincarnated. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, how much damage does an ant do to my dick? I need or to take that just, damage. Just enough. Welcome, lizard folk and gnomes, bugbears, and parts <laughs> to Rated RPG, the actual play show slash podcast where we play Dungeons & Dragons, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. I think a nasty yeah. demon showing up should be great. So you guys have let's, to start the ritual fight, over again. Let's fight Orcus. <laughs> All right, let me pull up a really cool, like, nasty demon that's that's level-appropriate challenge for you guys. And then you have to continue the ritual again. So, jeez. Tanarok's pretty cool. Oh, yes, a Baralgura. I will do a Baralgura. You guys haven't fought one of those yet, and they are pretty strong. And that should be fun. I'm going to go with Baralgura. Nice. A, little, a little bit weaker than the other two, but honestly, those things were too, too ridiculous for this. Also, Bargura, I believe, are related to Baphomet in a way, because they're kind uh -huh. of more the bestial demons. And that makes a lot yeah. of sense, too. Although, isn't the demon lord of beasts, isn't that Mammon? Okay, I'm back. We figured it out, yeah? Yeah. All good. <laughs> a Baralgura <Wow>. appears. <laughs> Fucking shit is this? Oh. I need a drink. <laughs> crack it open. <laughs> so Mammon is an arch devil. So I think Mammon might be the the devil associated with beasts, but Baphomet's the demon lord. See, what I don't understand is if I'm standing somewhere, and my hands are like an inch away from something. I can't believe I I have to make like a dex check with no advantage. To just fucking push my hands up against it again, or grab it, like you it's have like to going, what it's like you what? threw a ball up in the air, but you have to make a dex check to catch it again. Why don't we test this, Aaron? This is a thing you can test in real life. Have Courtney hold an object against the wall, right, and then have your hand right. next to that object, and then tell her to drop it, but at a random moment when you're not prepared for it. At any moment, she'll just drop it, and then try to with your own reflexes grab the item and make sure it doesn't leave contact with the wall for even a moment and see how easily that is accomplished well and also also you're being electrically shocked at the same time <laughs> yeah but you're I also wasn't... in the middle of a battle <laughs> also the dc was 10 which is pretty easy <laughs> okay yeah. so here's the head and here's the sword pressed up against it uh-huh right <laughs> So like, it's right in front of me. My hand's right here. You're saying like, the sword goes like this. Let me just stop you right here. If you say like one more time, my head's gonna explode. And I can't fucking catch that. I mean, and keep it pressed against it. That's just the dumbest fucking thing it has, it has to, it has to literally try it if, if you're that upset about it. But you have to get Courtney to help you. You have to get somebody else to help you because you can't know when it's gonna leave contact with the wall. You can't know when the thing's gonna drop. But I know it is going to drop, and so I put my hand underneath it. If you knew it was going to drop, why'd you even take your hands off of it, man? 
There must have been some part of you that thought that it was gonna hold. Because I didn't realize how fucking dumb it would be. Like some hero couldn't put his hands underneath something and stop it from falling to the ground. Here's the thing, you like, could. You could have. All you needed to do is roll an eight or higher on a d20. Yeah, rolling on a die is like, whatever. <laughs> That's the reason why taking 10 and 20s in, in these games are so important, and a lot of people like forget that those exist. But the ability to take 10 on a check is you say, all right, I'm not in a situation where there's a bunch of stressful things happening. I can just take a 10, which represents my average ability to do something. And in this case, if you had taken a 10 on a dex save or check or whatever, then you would have easily passed it. You do it 100% of the time. You would get it without any randomness associated with it. But the fact that a combat situation is a stressful situation where things are happening, you know, you can get distracted. It's an, it's an, you know, an arbitrary sort of, you know, dangerous situation. That means you have to roll the die because that represents random shit happening where you're not performing at your peak, you know? And certain classes like rogues, they eventually get an ability where they can take tens even in combat on certain things. And that's why that's so ridiculously powerful okay, because they can guarantee they're gonna succeed on those things. Not performing your peak. Let's say you're a professional bowler, right? Yes. You've got a bowling ball in your hand and you're fucking stressed out because this is the big championship. Yeah. But you have to make a dex check to see if you drop the fucking bowling ball before you throw it. Like, it's yeah, just, you're, you're it's just fucking no, stupid. You're, it's like, no, you drop a ball, it goes in the gutter. You're a professional bowler, but you got a gutter ball. I would say the like, DC... I would say the DC to not drop a bowling ball would be something really low, like five. If you, you're a professional bowler? Yeah, and, and, and in that case, if you're proficient in it, and you had a decent dex, which you probably would if you're you know, a professional, the odds of you getting that five might actually be zero. You know, if you, if you have a plus four, which is pretty easy. But, like, we're adventurers. We're not in a stressful situation. It's like we're used to this kind of thing. Like, we do it all the time. Yeah, but uh, you don't understand how much can be going on in combat other than what the DM describes. That rope could have started on fire and fallen on your hands. Oh, yeah, that's There's true. Like, the shards of rope could have gotten in your eyes, you know, when it, when it exploded. Maybe an ant crawled up your pant like a big, the very tiny tip of your penis. I would accept that. An ant crawled up the tip of my penis and distracted me. Okay. <laughs> How would you explain that? You'd be like, oh, he, he just, he totally, he totally fucked it up. Huh? An ant must have bit his dick. That's <laughs> the only explanation. He's professional. He would have planned for that. Yeah. Another thing, too, <laughs> I haven't been doing this enough, and uh, I, I wish I remembered it more often, but in the description, like, at the very beginning of the book, it says, when the players are in hell, uh, everything is working against them. Like, it's impossible to get comfortable at night. Like, their food <laughs> tastes bad, like, no matter what they do for it. There are random earthquakes that just, like, shake the ground for a moment in inopportune moments. Like the whole entire surrounding that you're in is working against you in this situation. <laughs> With that description of what's happening around us, I never would have let go of the fucking sword. <laughs> Well, well, let's just deal with what we came got. Came back of us. and Aaron is still furious. I love it. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, the orbs are dead. It's no problem. I'm just gonna stand here and I'll catch the sword or, or press it up against the helmet if the fucking things go. But yes, no, I demand a retrial of the sword catch right now. Dick fighting ant is on the random encounter table. All right. Well, how much damage does an ant do to my dick? I need One. to take that just, damage. Just enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> it deals zero points of damage. It's distractionary damage. <laughs> All right, so because this happened at the very beginning of the initiative, I'm going to just roll the Bar Bargura's initiative. Bargura. Yeah. Bargura. It'll go whenever it... Oh, my God. Well, he <laughs> got a natural 20. Uh, wow. Yay! It's still my Guys, turn. remember right? about an hour ago when we did nope. so well? Uh, so, so the bad things happened right after your turn, Costa. Oh, okay. Alright, All right. so Gura appears and it immediately begins to attack. Let me um, ride everywhere. Yes. So, well, there's a nice big bear right next to it, so I might as well start smacking the bear. It's going to get reckless, and it's going to attack you. Oh, oh we're, we're going to both get reckless, you giant <laughs> blue fucking chimp. <laughs> Talk that shit, Cosmo. One bite, two fists. It is a great EPMD song. One bite, two fists. <laughs> All right, well, I hope that bear has a lot of hit points, because you just took... 33 blood, uh, 33 points Holy of damage. Shit. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm still a bear. Good. That has, with one hit point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you? You're whispering those rolls, by the way. I can't see any. Oh yeah, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I'll the audience? The audience saw it at least. So. Oh, well, maybe I gotta watch the stream. But I'll, I'll turn that off. I'll turn that off. Oh wow! Shit! Fuck! Look at that fucking damage! God damn it! Yeah, believe it or wow, not, this a... is this was the easier demon that's at your <laughs> Whoa, thank roughly you. around your yeah, level. For <laughs> your mercy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never whisper rolls. There we go. So now it is Glovejack's turn. Hmm. The reverberation, well. the reverberations of that sword drop will echo throughout all time, <laughs> and they will kill Coslo. I'll be at the end of the game. Still gonna be I'm mad. sorry, Coslo. Hey, I'm not dead. I still got one. I wild just tablet. have never been good at holding swords. <laughs> Clearly, the fake carries a wrench. <laughs> I just think I'm good at it, but I'm not. All right, so Hunter's Mark. Hunter's Mark him. All right, Hunter's marked. Morning's shaft into that ape face. And you have advantage because it was reckless. Ooh, that is a hit for nine plus a d6. All right. Cool. And another one. And ooh, a, a 15. That may not be a hit. Its AC is 15 exactly, so that is a hit. <laughs> Excellent. Whew. Roll your extra d6 for Hunter's Mark. There you go. All right. Man. 15 more damage. Okay. So with that single, like, volley of arrows, Glovejag has gotten this bestial ape-like demon close to being bloodied. It's almost at half. Doing anything else, Globy? No, I don't think so. Okay. Race, your turn. Mamma Mia Pasta Pia. That's, that's not a thing. That means nothing. Don't listen to that. Uh, <laughs> let's, shit. Ah, oh, this is the problem with me. As soon as we got something close, I just... I guess... Alright, we're gonna make my hand dance! Alright. Fire from it, bitch! 
right. So we have a second dancing object, right? And this and one's... the first one disappears because only one can dance at a time, so... Adios. Okay. Then I was gonna give Bardic Inspiration. Uh-oh. What happened? <laughs> he froze. <laughs> Alright, so we got a new dancing object, and he's giving Bardic Inspiration to someone. Well, he was back for a second, and then he froze again. I know. Fence. <laughs> X Ken Rick says, I'm so happy my demon suggestion made it into this. Hey! Hello! <laughs> You're back. The Bobby gets Spartac inspiration. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I will Man. save it for when I have to hold the sword up again. Dude, if you had inspiration, you could have <laughs> rolled it on that saving throw and probably yep. passed. <laughs> okay. Alright, so you moving anywhere, Race, or are you staying there? I'm getting away from that big bitch. I'm just going. Okay. You move me. I guess I. I mean, I think I can move. I'm just gonna. Come on. Come on. We can do it. Yeah. All right. Da Bobby, your turn. Are you holding oh, the sword God. up against the helm? Do I need to? Somebody needs to. Otherwise, this ritual is never gonna happen. Did she start again? Yeah. gets to attack first, right? You know, it's up to you. Whether you want to, she'll, she'll start again as soon as that sword is touching that helmet. Uh, Here well, we go. My friends are in. Yeah, we can. If she starts now, then. Um, my dancing item should go before you because I just made it animate. If she starts now, the borrow girl will just attack her. You know what? I'll say this. So the ritual isn't interrupted, so there's still two rounds left of the ritual. You have to touch the sword to the helmet, otherwise, the ritual will end. And then you could start it over again, but then you'll need to start do all five of the rounds. So whoever's holding it will take, you know, five more rounds of that damage. So it's up to you. You can end the ritual right now and start it over again, or you can choose to hold the sword, which would then mean only two more rounds of it are left. Does that make is sense? Is it possible to hold it with one hand and cast a spell with the other, or is that crazy? But yeah, you can do that. Okay. Oh, shit. How am I going to protect Kozlo? Oh, Kozlo's up next. He can probably escape. You can handle yourself, right, Kozlo? Oh, yeah, I got this. I'll get out of this pickle. Mm -mm -mm. I think I'm just going to magic missile him quick. All right. I mean, that's guaranteed damage. Yeah. Good times. I don't know what the damage is for... What's the deal with it? So you roll... Oh, yeah, are you doing a first level spell slot or a second level spell slot? Does more damage in second level. Oh, uh, I could do second level. Can I? Could I hit him with my hammer with one hand, or is that not? I mean, my wrench, or is that not an option? No, because because you, you have one. Actually, yeah, one hand is holding a shield. The other hand is holding the sword. So you can't actually make an attack with either of those hands. Okay. All right. Magic missile. Yep, I'm doing magic missile. Second level. Doing it. All right. Roll forty-four plus four. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. D4. Where is the dice table? Mm. Uh, there it is. Okay, I found it. Eh. Bing. <laughs> Got it. Alright. Uh, oh, nice. 14 points hey. of damage. Sweet. Yeah, you see this ape-like demon sort of reel from this pain. 
multiple gaping wounds opening up in its chest, and blackish red blood begins to pour and pool at its feet. And you sort of brace yourself, knowing that there could be some more damage coming through that sword towards you, Dababi. Koslo, your turn. Okay, I know that um, shit could get real bad for me if I don't uh, get out of this pickle, but I gotta take a few licks before I split, so I'm gonna bite him. <laughs> that is a hit. Hey, let's go. And then I'm gonna claw him. Okay. All right. Both are hits, actually, because you have advantage, because it okay. got reckless. Nice. And uh, hmm, it is. Does it seem like it's taken full damage from those? Yeah, this is one of the rare demons that does not have any resistance to those types of attacks. I'm gonna burn a key point, and I'm gonna disengage. Ooh, clever, clever, clever. Uh, inspiration. Run away! <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna climb on top of this rubble pile. All right, sounds good. I'm, gonna, I'm going to uh, stay. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna turn back into Coslo. I only have one hit point as a bear anyway, and I can't cast. So okay, so you sort of like lope onto the pile of rubble and get behind it, and then turn into your smaller elf form hoping that uh, right. this massive monkey demon won't come after you. <laughs> yeah. All right, end of yeah. your turn. It is the second to last round of the ritual. I need Dababi to make a constitution saving throw. Come on, boy. Ooh, there okay. it is. That's uh, the stuff. This is a fail. So you are racked with pain as you take 12 force damage. And uh, the Baragura sort of sniffs around and notices Dababi holding that sword and moves towards you, which makes his massive monkey shoulder bump into your lean-to, which collapses due to his massive girth. No, not my, not my structure, you bitch! <laughs> ah! And then in a final desperate attempt to stop this ritual, the Baragura will get reckless and attack you thrice. So here it goes. One bite, two fists, all coming at the Bobby. Whiff, whiff, whiff. Oh, we got two whiffs. Tell me that's two whiffs. No, that is two, I think. Well, what's your EC? Is it 20? One hit. 23. 23. Well, it has advantage, so that's two hits. Oops. So 18 points of damage. Tis but to scratch. You wince, but you manage to hold the sword up against the helm, knowing that that's super duper important. <laughs> Glovejack, your turn. Well, he's going down. I'm going to do the same thing, except this time add my planar warrior T8. Bye bye, demon. Bye bye bye. Oh, I got cocky. No. no wait, I have oh. You have advantage. <laughs> oh, yeah, you sure. All right. And with the extra damage from your planar warrior and your hunter's mark. Oh yeah, that's enough. This Balgura goes screaming back to the abyss. And uh, the final words of the ritual are spoken. I need Dababi to make one more con save. I give him inspiration. And he's good. No damage. All right. So with that, there is a massive burst of radiance that 
almost blinds all of you. And the screaming coming from Ravenguard ceases. And you all are just filled with a sense of warmth and calm. All of you regain your hit points. And Koslo, even you do. As you realize that your mummy rot has finally been purged. See, we had to fail an unfailable test. (laughs) So so my mummy rot's gone. Is my hit point maximum back to where it was pre-mummy rot? Yes. It is. Okay. Wow. And and you all receive, basically you all receive the benefit of a mass heal, which heals like 150 hit points. It cures all of your curses and any sort of negative ailments. It's a ninth level spell. And when the light fades, Ravenguard is lying there on the altar, unconscious, but stable. And the helm is just resting gently at his side on the altar. Is that actually what it says in the module that happens? Do you, oh, do you wait, really bro, want to know the, the reality, Brad? <laughs> I was fucking immersed in this. Kozlo's life is now back. And, uh, excuse me, could you please look inside the module and, and let me have five seconds of fucking joy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, since Brad asked, and now it's on everybody's mind, whoever wrote this I apparently didn't expect the party to have no way to remove curses because the only way to remove curse <laughs> up to this point is that one freaking scroll, right? And there's yeah. no other way to remove it. So if two people got mummy rot cursed and nobody has removed curse, then you guys, one person's just fucked. Yeah. So, but yes. Well, thank you. I didn't want Koslo to have to succumb slowly and horribly to mummy rot, so I was like, I'm going to make this a little bit of a challenge. Now my backup character, enormous cock Johansson, won't get to the right But you know what, Jason? I was very impressed that you never, that you never succumbed to the offer from the shield to, to cure yeah. me, because yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this real tempting because I want them to have the option to destroy that sword. Before you understood kind of what its purpose was gonna end up being, I wanted the option for you guys to destroy that sword, which then would have made this ritual impossible. And my plan was that if you guys had gone that route, it would have immediately cured your mummy rot, Jason. But when it came time to do this ritual, she said, we need a powerful symbol of self-sacrifice. And you guys would have been like, we don't, we don't have that. And then she would say, well, the only other way to do this is if someone sacrifices themselves. Oh. Yeah, so. Wow. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. really, it's a good thing that Glubjag is pig-headed and refused to destroy it. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's. Well, Kozlo backed you up on that. I think Kozlo and, and Race, to some degree, Race, uh, I, I think we're all, I mean, after playing these characters for a while, I, I get, I, I have a, a really good sense for who the characters are. And I love that. I love playing with you guys. This is awesome. I believe I can fly. 
insane, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> a very special episode. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Manflesh says, well, if that doesn't hint at the level of severity of the shield favor to Bobby will have to make later. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Put your dick in the pickle slicer. <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright I, I, I keep the sword pressed up against the helmet <laughs> <laughs> never again I'm just going to carry it around from now on pressed we oh, should wow, just take yeah, it to a blacksmith and have, the, have him weld them together <laughs> <laughs> Bobby's like super traumatized by this so as this light sort of fades away and you guys sort of understand what has happened to you. Lulu appears, the Hollyvent, and she's like, oh my goodness, I saw the most brilliant, wonderful flash of light. What happened, boys? We succeeded the second time. <laughs> First time we beta tested and we had to figure out what not to do with the sword, but good news, Lulu, we killed a demon just for you. Oh, we, got a lot, we got a lot of good feedback from users, and so we were able to do a, make a better product the second time around. <laughs> Y'all are top-notch adventurers, let me tell you. I'm so proud of you. Not making oh. deals with devils and banishing demons. I love you. I love you too, Lulu. I, I've always wanted to give you a big hug. Oh, well, what's I, stopping you, hun? I think we should all hug each other. This has I been. I think we should oh, all have yeah. everybody come around. Challenging here. Let's time for us. Give a nice hug. All the Raven Guard is still bleeding out of his ears, but we'll, <laughs> we'll figure him out later. We'll sort his shit out. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. God, I can't believe Costello survived. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I tried, especially with that Balgura at the end. I was like, if I get a lucky crit on that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Nope. That seals it. I, I am not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna be a druid anymore. I'm gonna be a monk. <laughs> hey, Kozlo, you survived mummy rot. What are you gonna do now? I'm going to Disneyland. Hey. <laughs> So after after you guys are done hugging and you know kissing and urinating, and touching yeah, a each other, peeing. we gotta do some peeing on the on the demon. Oh yeah, the baragul. Yep. <laughs> Vetman Vet um, twenty says, "Little do we know, Kozlo is now addicted to mummy rot." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go find a mummy. He's bouncing. Might as well face it, you're addicted to rot. <laughs> uh, find a find a mummy. You guys hear uh, sort of like some movement coming from atop the altar, and, and older Ravengard is is sitting up, and he looks around and he's like, "Thank God, you saved me." And he sort of hops off the altar, and it appears that he has also been fully healed by whatever magic spilled forth from the, the exorcism. And Faria immediately runs up to him and, and gives him this huge hug. And as she's kind of like sobbing, she's like, I thought you were dead. Oh, I'm so, praise Torm. Praise Torm that that worked. Praise Torm. Oh, 
high praise to Thor. Uh, <laughs> the great sword is shattered beyond possible repair. Seems like it was required as a sacrifice in order to power this. But the helm is sitting there on the altar, and Ravenguard looks at it and says, Thank you for freeing me, brave adventurers. Do we have we... a name. What are your names? We are the Gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. Are you a, are you a band or a... Uh, we got a group of minstrels. Uh, we are a pretend band. Uh, well, well, whatever, whatever has brought you here to this place, it appears that it was divinely ordained. I saw. You Glinda. call it that? Well, oh, it was just for a real estate deal, actually. So. Yeah, we, there's some real viable property we want to take off your hands. Well, we can talk about that later. You've just recovered from a very trying experience. <laughs> yes, I have. Well, what, what, so well, what ha has brought you here? Uh, what is your purpose? Well, I'm wearing hell. Bad news bears. We came looking for you because you are the leader of Eltorel. What happened from your perspective down there so we can all get out of here? Sure. Get to our house that you're going to give us. Well, he tells you that what happened was he, he traveled to Elturel by request of the, the high priest of Elturel, who you guys know, you killed that guy because it turns out that he had made a deal with the devils here. And after being in Elturel for merely a few days, suddenly the sky went black. The giant glowing orb above the city suddenly turned into like a black hole and everything got dragged down into hell. And since then, he has been trying his best to sort of like rally up what defenders remain, save anyone who needs rescuing, and hopefully try to attempt to figure out a way to save the city. And that's why he traveled down into the catacombs to find the Helm of Torm's site. But what they did actually was the helm was in a different section of the catacombs that you guys actually never went to. And he first went there, got the helm, and then took it to that section of the catacombs at the very bottom with the water, because that is a holy spot that is supposed to have a, a stronger connection than normal to Torm. And that's where people who use the Helm of Torm site would go to receive their visions. But once he put the helmet on, he was instantly attacked by Baphomet. And he could do nothing except uh, vaguely witness the slaughter of all of his friends and bodyguards as a demonic portal was opened right in front of him. And he could do nothing to stop it. And he has been fighting using all of his willpower for the last several days just to not succumb to this demonic power. But he has received some very important visions during this time, which he then shares with you. He essentially went on a spirit journey in which he saw a bloodied woman in armor, a soldier wearing the colors and crest of Elturel, grasping a longsword fit for an angel. Fresh blood streamed from a nasty cut on the woman's cheek. When he says that, Lulu next to you sort of gasps and she's like, oh, 
oh, yeah, go, go on. And Ravenguard says, <clears throat> flying, flying next to the woman was, was you. And he points to Lulu. Yes, you were there. And, and you were there, and you... No, just... You just <laughs> <laughs> so flying next to this woman with the longsword was a little flying golden elephant, much like Lulu. However, an enormous loping demon threatened to devour this woman. So she plunged the sword deep into the ground while the winged elephant made a trumpet sound with its trunk. This massive demon was hurled back as an alabaster palace rose up around the sword. The winged elephant then fled and took to the red sky of Avernus, where it watched as a bloody scab grew up from the ground to engulf the alabaster palace and the enormous demon. And uh, Lulu, upon hearing that, is like, oh my god, that's right, that totally happened, oh! And finally, Ravenguard says, the winged elephant fled and wandered in a delirium before coming upon two odd bird-like humanoids, dressed in patchwork armor and standing next to a strange infernal vehicle. Then the bird creatures were equipped with odd weapons and tools, the likes of which he had never seen. And Lulu gets insanely excited when he sort of finishes recounting his visions that he saw. And she starts kind of flying around, like zipping around in circles. And she's like, eh, yeah, I remember this. I remember it all. Oh, wait, no, maybe not everything, but, but I remember some things. And she begins to sort of like recount these new memories that are flooding back to her. She says, I, I, was, I was with the angel, Zeriel, when she assembled her armies of hell riders to attack Avernus. Yeah, that's right. Through the gate we went, tearing through devils like a song through air. Victory was within our grasp until some of the hell riders betrayed us. They retreated through the gate and sealed it behind them. But before she was captured, Zariel told me to hide her sword so that it wouldn't fall into evil hands. Someone helped me hide the sword, but I don't, I don't remember who she was. Just She was some sort of hell rider. That's all I remember. Uh, we, we, we found a place to hide it, but... I didn't remember until just now. And she flies up into the air, like way higher than, than you can even see her. And she sort of disappears. Mm. What? Mm. What's going on? Wait, where, where did she go? She... Hello? <laughs> you guys wait patiently for a few minutes and then she returns. And she's like, yes, I see it. I see, I see the place we gotta go to next. It's a fort. Uh, I think it was called Knucklebones. Yeah, it's only 10 miles away. Come on, let's go. And she zips oh. off into the air again. Knucklebones? This fort sounds knuckle like bones? a bad idea. <laughs> wasn't that a strip club in Baldur's Gate? I, I used to go to that one, yeah. <laughs> the girlfriend out there. Team it up for Cheyenne. She's going to be hitting the main stage. <laughs> <laughs> she got most uh oh. <laughs> uh, Lulu tells you that those two like bird-like humanoids she remembers that they took her to a junkyard called Fort Knucklebone and she doesn't remember like where the sword was or where that like alabaster palace was but she remembers that she was with these two 
bird humans at Fort Knucklebone, and it's only ten miles away. <laughs> ten hmm. hell miles. What do you say, Alder? He he sort of like turns and looks around and 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 at it. He's not ignoring your question, but he he asks Faria like, "What what's the situation with the people downstairs?" And she says, "We have no one left to defend us. Every nearly every able-bodied man was with you on your expedition, and none of them returned." And uh, Alder sort of like looks down and sort of exhales, and he says. I wish I could be of more assistance to you, but I need to stay here, and I need to protect these people. If you, if you can go to this Fort Knucklebone and, and figure out what happened to Zariel's sword, that could be the key to saving us. But I'm grasping at straws here. I don't, I don't really have any idea what to do. I was just Sounds hoping. Like a party that, member of ours, so. Yeah, the helm, the helm of Torm's sight gave me these visions, and they must be important. What happens if we wear that helmet? I wouldn't recommend it, <laughs> but I'm not your mama. <laughs> <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> Hey, Lulu. Lulu, what, is the, what does this sword do? What's so special about it? Oh, uh, I, I don't really know. I just, I just know it was Zariel's sword. Do you guys remember who Zariel is, by the way? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Zariel made the deal happen, right? Made the deal happen yeah. in the first place. Zariel yeah. was a former archangel that led the Hellriders into battle to, you know, fight against the devils here. And she eventually, although it's not known how this happened, she eventually became a devil herself. And she is currently the ruler of Avernus, this first layer of hell. I wonder why she hasn't got the sword back herself. Maybe she didn't know where, where it was hidden. That's true. Hey, shield. Yes. Oh, this, this fucking thing again. <laughs> hey, I destroyed the sword just like you wanted. Hmm. You Pretty got cool, lucky. Huh? What about that uh, helmet? You like the look of that? It wouldn't fit on me. I'm a shield. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, what if I uh, what if I put that shield on? Would you like it? The helmet on? Yes. <laughs> whatever yeah, whatever I mean, it is. No, I I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, probably probably would hate it if you put that helmet on. Yeah. Would you? Oh, that would be All terrible. Right. I would hate that. You don't want me to destroy it, though, right? No, definitely not. I mean, yes, please destroy that helmet. However, <laughs> that shield. Yeah, we should keep it because we might fight something that we need to put it on him, them. Kozel, this seems like it would be something that might be up your alley. Uh, you know. I don't really want to put on a helmet that's going to make me go uh, wiggity-whack, you know? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You keep it for putting on someone else. Like a wizard we fight or something. Uh... <laughs> Forcing it onto a wizard. All right, well... <laughs> yeah, of all the opportunities we have to force a helmet on a wizard. 
Ravenguard says Ravenguard says that portal didn't appear until after I put the helm on. So it, it, it could mean that this helm can essentially be an anchor that creates a demon portal. So I, I don't know how wise it would be to force this helmet onto anyone. Yeah, let's not do that. Let's, uh, you know, keep going uh, and keep fighting and uh, peeing in the mouth of evil, you know? <laughs> is, that, is that something I can verify with my planar magic? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and use your detect portals. Yeah. So uh, you, you focus for a moment and you try to sense portals and you realize that that portal that was there is now gone. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do I do I sense anything about this helmet that it could be a key to portal building? You can make a arcana or religion check. Okay. They're the same for me. Yeah, you don't you don't really know. Cause and effect though, I mean when he took the helmet off, it the portal ceased to exist. When he put the helmet on, the portal became in existence. So using that logic seems likely. Yeah, it sounds like a bad deal, guys. Well, how are we going to get 10 miles from here? This place is rife with all kinds of nasty things. What yeah. if... What if I made a carriage and we used your cape to make kind of like a, a land boat? Follow me here. And then... <laughs> just had Lulu blow her trunk to move it extra quick. Like a magic carpet. Did, did Race hit his head in this battle? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys are actually, at this point in the adventure, you're actually thinking along kind of the right track. Because right now, your problem is is that you're on a city that is currently suspended hundreds of feet in the air. And it is being slowly lowered down to the ground by these massive iron chains that are like 30 feet, like the links are like 30 feet long and 5 feet thick. And below the city, directly below the city, is a huge pitched battle where literally thousands, hundreds of thousands of demons and devils are fighting. And so your objective now is to figure out how to get from this floating city down to the ground without dying. So it's, uh, this fort is 10 miles past the edge of the city. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. How high like are down, we up? Is it down on the battlefield? Yeah. It's, so it's on the surface of, let's call it the planet, even though you're not on a planet, but like it's on the surface of the planet is where Fort Knucklebone is. And so we have to low we we have to lower the city down in order to get so we there. just have to find a way to the ground. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Silverhawk suggests a paracape. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's summon the giant eagles. <laughs> I've got Fly Featherfall. Oh man got featherfall but i don't know if it would last for 10 miles or, yeah like i don't i don't know how <laughs> high up we are how high up are we uh, that is a, that is a very good question which i will answer in approximately three minutes because that is my guess is how long it will take me to find that information a dancing right. item can hover 30 feet so can it just like lower itself 30 feet by 30 feet till we get down 
It might be possible. <laughs> that track. That track. Yeah, you know, because it's 30 feet, so if I'm just going down, it doesn't say I have to hover up. No, that's what hover means. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we got a PayPal here. I was joking when I said who it was from, but it actually is from uh, Jason's Voices. And it says, a shot for Aaron for his horrible, evil fucking shield because it sucks and I hate it. <laughs> oh, that's great. I don't want to drink alone, so. Ah, excellent. I thought you were drinking. I was. I have been because fuck. Because I'm just so happy Coslo's still alive. This is a good shot for everybody. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's not. But I mean, you no, all just for me. To. Oh, just for you. Okay. Brad, Brad is joining oh, okay. in, though. Brad is joining in. Okay. I'm, gonna... I'm drinking out of a tiny jar today. That is crazy. You're like a giant. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Jason. To Cotwell. So, it is 500 feet. That's how far up the city is. Okay. Also, directly beneath the city is the River Styx, which is actually the way that the demons are getting into hell. And okay. you guys have heard of the River Styx. It is the river that goes through and connects all the levels of hell, as well as apparently connecting it to the abyss. And it is the main <clears throat> way that souls sort of are, they travel through the underworld here. But touching the river sticks, getting any water from the river sticks on you is a very, very bad thing. So, yeah. You basically forget everything. Yes. <clears throat> Potentially. Are we still uh, not doing Terry Shivo references? Or... <laughs> oh, my God. That, that was good. <laughs> but being old, man, being old is... Everything's a stretch. That was like what, 2008? Yeah, it's a while. Oh, that's I think it was years. even. Shit. Yeah. Might have been early. Like... I might have been in high school when that happened. I feel wow. like it was like early 2000s. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm going to go jump off a bridge. I'll see you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, descend. So, is there only. Are there only chains. Wait, are the chains below the city or above the city? The chains are attached to the the city and some of the, the earth, like the ground around it, is what uh -huh. is being dragged. And so on the edges, the outskirts of the city, like just beyond the wall, is where the chains are connected. And then they go all the way down to the ground, which they're anchored to on the ground, and they're slowly like pulling it down. Does that make and, sense? And how, how thick are the links? Five feet in diameter. I mean, I guess we could try to go down one of the chains. Yep, that is a definite possibility. You sort of look over one of the chains, and you notice that there are spikes coming out of it at about one-foot intervals. So you could easily sort of climb down one of those. Reverse Jack and the Beanstalk it. <laughs> yeah. We can climb down the spiky chains. Yeah. It's a 500 so foot climb, but yes. That's one option. You sure I can't float on the item? I'm no nobody's saying that you can't do that. You could definitely oh, try that. Heck, I think I might try to ride down on the, the, the giant hand. Okay, 
let's see. Oh, we can't all do that. I, I don't know how many. It's a large, so I don't know how many people can fit on it. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it's large. I would say two people could fit. Two medium-sized or smaller people could ride on one of your dancing items. It's about it's, it's you know about the size of a horse, and two people can comfortably ride on a okay. horse. How long does Featherfall last? Featherfall. I don't think long uh, enough. It goes up <laughs> 60 feet per round until the spell ends, so that's... Like a minute? One right minute, so that would be... How long is a round? 10 seconds? Yep. No, yeah, six seconds. Six rounds. Six seconds. Six seconds. So, so it's 10, 10 rounds per minute. 600 that feet. That's 600 feet. We can feather fall. So... Do you, have, do you have feather fall? I have feather fall, and I can do all five of us. Hey. All right, so... You guys, you guys get to the edge, and you look down, and... I'm just going to go ahead and, and describe it again. Directly beneath you are oh, the river sticks and a huge horde of devils and demons fighting each other. That sounds yeah. like a bad idea. It seems like maybe our placement's going to be important. So, if, sorry, for the, no, it, it doesn't stretch out for the whole horizon. In fact, you, you look down and you see that the chains, where they connect to the ground, is is just beyond sort of the edge of where the the fighting is occurring. So you think if you were to climb down these chains, you probably would not be, you know, in the middle of the battle. You'd, you'd be outside of the battle's area. However, if you were to just jump straight down, you would land either in the river sticks or in the battle. Okay. Pretty badass though. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like it might be our option. Got a Legolas this shit. <laughs> Well, I, I heard somebody come up with an idea for a cool, like, like, what was it, like a Zeppelin? Like a miniature Zeppelin powered by Lulu's trumpet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had an idea. It was, it was full, foolproof. Mostly full. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. But when you're feather falling, you can't, you can only drop straight down. There's no way we can sort of, like, guide ourselves with the chain. I still have gust of wind. Yeah, a feather fall specifically in and of itself is not going to be enough. Uh, you need some way to get more horizontal distance than feather fall would provide. You, you probably do a little bit of calculations you're like, all right, if I get a running jump, then I'll be going at this velocity. And because you're smart, artifice or whatever, you realize that your trajectory will still land you in the battle. I mean, right, I could probably, since I have a climbing speed, I can climb down the chains probably no problem, but you guys will probably have to make some checks. If yeah, there's fall. no way I'll fall to my death instantly. I'll float <laughs> down somebody else with me. But are you going to float straight down? I mean, I can tell it where to go, so why wouldn't I be able to, would be the question. Oh, wait, I got it. Race, you create your device, and then I'll feather fall anyone who's not sitting on the device, and you can pull us. So, like, imagine your your little magic carpet that you're creating. Sure, sure. You're sitting on that. The rest of us who are feather falling can grab the end of it, and then you can guide it where we need to go. Oh. Oh. All right. I so mean, I'm done. Here, here's the thing, guys. This is going to be a very short problem that you guys you guys have the solution to the problem right here. And I just I just double checked it. So with your uh, dancing object, it has a fly speed parentheses hover. And Jeremy Crawford, the main rules dude in D&D, &D, has clarified that the hover 
only refers to the fact that a creature with a hover speed will not fall if its speed is reduced to zero or it's knocked prone or anything, you know, it's knocked unconscious, yada, yada, yada. It will always be hovering. Mm -hmm. So that means that your little dancing item can fly in any direction that it wants. And if it ever gets knocked unconscious or prone or whatever, it'll stay hovering in that spot. So you can literally just ride the thing wherever you want to go. Back and forth, back and forth. No problem. So you got, you guys basically have this solved already. Unless somebody wants to, to risk climbing down the chain just for fun. I'm just well, really proud of his climbing speed, so. Let me, let me uh, uh, check with you. It, yeah. Since I have a climbing speed, it is no risk for me, right? Yeah, the, so you won't risk falling from it unless something weird happens. That's all I'll uh -huh. say about that. They, okay. These chains go into, like, the river, so could it potentially be hot as hell and he get burn damage? They don't go into the river, but, you know, looking at them, you're like, clearly they're demonic. There's no, like, or, or, or devilish. You're not really sure. Clearly there's some sort of mechanism that is powering them, and it's magic because you're not seeing, like, somebody moving, like, a giant wheel or, like, a big engine or something. Somehow these chains are pulling it down, even though you're not seeing what is causing that. So they could be highly magical. They could be alive. You know, you don't really even know what the deal is. Is there any sense in the fact that we should maybe try to stop it from pulling it down into the battle? That's kind of the main hope, that you will free the city before it gets pulled all the way down, where it will obviously be everybody alive on that city will then be killed. Yeah. Well, the fact yeah. that he hinted that something might happen makes me think that perhaps some flying devils will attack us on the way down. <laughs> huh. We ready to fly, boys. Don't worry, Luke will protect us. Yeah, I'm ready to fly. How many people can the wardrobe hold? Two people can ride it at once. And then the other ones would just be like holding like a rope or something off the side. Can, can I turn into a giant spider and rappel down on my silk? You, you could, no, I, well, you could repel down, but then you'd just be in the middle of the battle, so. Okay. That's like no time limit. I cannot just take two people down, then go get the next one. Yeah, you can do Depends that. Depends on if we get attacked. If we're going to get attacked, that's... Yeah, well, there's too, too much stuff going like, on. I, I don't know. Going meta here, it seems like whoever designed this scenario in this module would have something happen to us on the way down. <laughs> it's not that meta. I mean, you know, there's flying devils and demons, and you know this place is trying to fuck you, so. Yeah. We could have Lulu scout ahead and see if the path is clear. She oh, just gets beat up. We can ask Lulu, like, what do you think? Yeah, let's what, get, where is Lulu? Is she, is she here? Yeah, she's hanging out. She's like, Oh, well, I mean, I know that I'm super fast. I could fly. I could pretty much escape any sort of flying demon or devil that came after me. But if you guys are talking about riding on your floating, dancing wardrobe or whatever, that thing's pretty slow, isn't it? So if they do, you know, if any of uh, those demons or devils down there notice you guys, that might be a little bit of a problem. You might have to defend yourself. Uh, can you uh, can you pull us at all? Maybe move us a little bit quicker. I mean, I'm I'm quite weak, but it's it's. I mean, it's possible that if you were to, I don't know, um, rig up some sort of like air balloon or something that I could I could Ooh. I could blast air out of my trunk. I mean, I don't know. That might help. 
Somebody came up with a cool idea. So we end up an air balloon, a zeppelin, or a dirigible. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe I don't, do. Do you want to make wings for yourself? Can you guys make some wings and you can you can kind of like glide down there? Just just spitballing ideas. Oh, that's true. Did we see any places on the way to the edge that would have anything that could help us? Was there, yeah, yeah. was there like a glider store? So, you know that there's tons of like hardware that you could repurpose, but as far as like magic stuff, uh, this place has been pretty well picked clean by the various okay. survivors, because it's been down here for weeks and months, almost a month, I think, at this point. But, you know, you think with enough time spent here scavenging, you could probably find the tools and the raw materials to kind of create whatever mundane thing you want to come up with. A glider. <laughs> yeah. How big are the chains? Uh, about 30 feet long, 20 feet wide, and then the, the links themselves have a five foot diameter. Five foot diameter. So, so, I'm wondering if we could hover above the chains all the way down so that we're not as visible. Yeah, I thought about that too. I'm, what if I created a giant slide? <laughs> Ooh, like a water slide? Five yeah, foot like, long slide. Because <laughs> I don't really see any limitations on length. <laughs> so, that was like just a whoop. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about the thing that allows you to create an item, right? That is the not animating performance. It is college of creation. 500 feet. What you guys? You guys? What? The zipline idea is not outrageous. We could just have Lulu take one end of the zipline down. It's true. It's true. To the bottom along the chain and just take a fucking zipline. Well, I don't know if we have 500 feet of line. I guess we could find well, but, it. But Emery just said that there's tons of stuff available. We could yeah. just go find 500 feet of rope. It's true. And and do that probably, yeah. I'm not sure exactly how. I don't think it could be above the chain, but it'd be faster certainly. And we could probably get away with it. So your your performance of creation, Dion, is limited to a, a large sized object or smaller. So a, okay. a a slide that length would be like way bigger than large. Fair enough. But I mean, you you actually could create even just with that song, you could create a glider. As Makes long sense. as it's worth 20 gold or less. <laughs> yeah, you can just create that. I think we could either do a glider or I can make a really big pillow at the bottom and we all just jump. <laughs> yeah, but we can't go straight down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just bullshit. Um, okay, a glider. We can either do a glider or we just take two people. I make the carpet do its thing and we float down. The glider sounds like it'll, it's still going to move 30 feet because that's the speed of my object, right? No, so Can, the, the glider would move at whatever speed a glider would move at because you, you're okay. literally just creating a non-magical actual glider that will only exist for, I think, an hour. Okay. And then you could make it large size, which would be enough for two people to use, you know, one of those, like, tandem gliders that you see people using yeah. from time to time. I so see you, them all the time. <laughs> exactly. In movies and such. So you do your song of creation, you create a glider, and then you just find a large object. I mean, it could literally be like a wagon or whatever. And then you do your song of animation. So now you have a glider, and then you have an animated wagon that you can ride. So that's actually enough for four people right there. 
Wow. Thank you so much. That makes this so much easier. All right. So <laughs> we needed a glider. Bow. We got a glider. And then what? I guess we're just going to use a bench. If there's a bench nearby so they can go to the ground comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. You, you find a large bench enough for two people to ride. <laughs> And you create your glider. I think this uses a third level spell slot, right? It does, yes, sir. All right. And then your song of creation, that doesn't use anything, does it? You can just keep creating these non-magical items, but you can only have one at a time. Uh, Pretty sure. Masculine wiles. Oh, okay, sorry. Once you create an item, you have to finish a long rest to do it again, or you have to spend a second level spell slot. So you do have to spend a second level spell slot. To create I never glider. use my second levels. We're going to make the glider out of one of those. So you guys, after spending a bunch of time discussing it, Race is just like, I got you. And he does this, this, you know, sings a couple songs and bam, you have a rideable flying bench and a glider that is perfectly functional. So you can all go and down together. Gliding. Yeah. Okay. Nice. What kind, what kind of insurance do you have, Race? Um, they're, they're really high premiums. Really high premiums, but they're so worth it. I <laughs> For 1,000 right. gold, I promise you this, you'll get a thumbs up in the hospital. <laughs> okay, I mean... <laughs> Manflesh says, take these broken wings and learn to fly again. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, I think we're about to fly race air. <laughs> you seem so plain those, and similar. I hope you got those cookies I like. Well, in your but that's air. only if you upgrade to first class. Now you're getting oh, peanuts and nothing else. Shit. Well, it's still uh, protein. You know. Nobody has a peanut allergy because that's what we're eating on the way down. <laughs> Just do we want to uh, potentially have to fight something on a bench? Shouldn't we sure. be in a wagon? Maybe the wagon's a better idea. Yeah. Wagon, fine! I wanted to be comfortable, <laughs> but apparently Globject's too good for benches. Hey. He only flies first class. Down the chain. So, whatever. <laughs> Just remember, whatever object it is, it is dancing. The entire time. So, so hopefully I don't have motion sickness. So I just gotta let you know. <laughs> okay, well. We'll you... dance too as we go. You guys hop on to your glider, and the other two hop on to the dancing wagon, and Lulu takes off, and she's like, I'll scout ahead, and I'll blast any demons or devils that come flying your way. And you guys take off, and, you know, you're sort of, your gut sort of, like, falls down to your feet anytime you, like, look over and see just the, the hellish landscape, and all the sounds of combat and bloody screams and agonizing wails of tortured souls wind picks up and starts to blow you around you know clouds of infernal mosquitoes uh fly into you and start biting you and drawing some of your blood and there's even a couple of imps that start you're coming your way but lulu at the last moment swoops down and blasts them apart with her trumpet she's like i got you boys and after a harrowing 10-minute glide, you guys eventually land well enough away from the battle to not be spotted by anything. Oh, that was worse than the wyvern skirmish of Stone Cleft. <laughs> <laughs> I've been backstage at the Zor Shrine Circus. That was worse. 
Wait, can I make a dex check to see if I dropped any of my snacks on the way down? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, oh, son of a bitch. Did, were you were you dangling one of your snacks over the edge? I was. Uh, yep. yep, well... I had uh, some dried jerky and I was just like pointing at something and then I, I dropped it. Uh, uh, you point with the jerky. An infernal mosquito <sighs> flew up your urethra right at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> Guys, I got a gutter ball. Sorry. Bye-bye, <laughs> jerky. All right, well... Can I take a deck check to see if I did a bad dance move and embarrassed myself? Go yeah. for it. Yes. That's, yeah, I think that's what that's Dungeons a... & Dragons should actually be called. Swords and Snacks. It's, it should be a performance check, actually. You call that that performance. You shit! <laughs> you have no moves, sir! Oh, boy. Wow. Well... Peace. Yeah, that is a bad thing. Put dance. tomatoes at him right now. Terrible dance. Well, keep on dancing. <laughs> the nice thing about bugbears dancing is they have a 10 foot reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As you guys land, and Lulu sort of swoops down next to you, and she's like, Come on, boys. Fort Knucklebone's only 10 miles that way. And she takes off in a direction. And you guys sort of like dust yourselves off. The Bobby pulls the mosquito out of his penis, and uh, <laughs> start all over again. <laughs> you walk off into the sunset, and you advance to level seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, Brad. Oh, you, you were like, oh. There's gonna be something attacking us in the, in the you know when we're flying around up there, and I'm just like, is he right about that? And I read, flying creatures might attract the attention of winged devils and demons in the area, at your discretion. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. And I discreeted not to have them attack you. <laughs> You secreted. You secreted. <laughs> it was the mosquitoes, the cloud of mosquitoes. That's that was the flying devils that attacked. And all they did was make us drop snacks, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> it was some good jerky, though. To be fair. Yeah, it's true. It was a loss. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna call it here. You guys advance to level seven. You know the next step on your journey. Go to Fort Knucklebone. You know that this sword, Zeriel's sword, is some significance because literally the god Torm showed Alder Ravenguard that sword. And you're finally boots on the ground on the surface of Avernus. Thank you for listening to Rated RPG Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Subscribe to Rated RPG wherever you get your podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. Many thanks to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join them, the address is patreon.com slash rated RPG. Follow us on Twitter at Rated RPG Podcast. And for Rated RPG live streams, check out twitch.tv slash gamesocietypimps. On behalf of everyone at the gaming table, thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast.